My name is Joanne Averson, and this is the podcast, Pain Removed, Performance Improved. In this episode of Pain Removed, Performance Improved, I want to consider time. Not just time in the sense of what time is it in a linear manner as to whether we've got enough time to do something or how much time it takes to complete a task or what time we ran a race in. Rather, it's considering that time and temporality are very important issues around fascia. One of the reasons for that is that fascia operates in the body depending on its different expressions in different time frames. Um, So what that means is basically that the different characteristics of the fascia have different rhythms, different cycles, different growth rates. And we begin to understand that that's actually quite fundamental, not only to understanding fascia as a structure, but also from the point of view of how that structure can perform based on timing. So I want to start this episode by reading a poem by a brilliant Danish poet called Piet Hein. And it's these are called Grooks. If you haven't come across them, I recommend them highly. They're delightful. And this one's called T-T-T. And just consider for a moment that Piet Hein is a Danish poet writing in English and his command of the English language is exquisite. Anyway, here goes. T-T-T. Put up in a place where it's easy to see the cryptic admonishment, T-T-T. When you feel how depressingly slowly you climb, it's well to remember that things take time. Isn't that lovely? I just love that. So one of the reasons for sharing it with you is things in the body take time. And one of the ways we can really understand fascia is that it's a time-bound and time-related tissue in the human body. For example, the fascia that we call myofascia, i.e. muscle fibre, works at a particular speed or a rate. That's a rate at which it metabolises, a rate at which it responds, and a rate at which it builds up its ways, its characteristics, it becomes. The fascia that we call the superficial or the deep fascia, or the fascia of tendons, or the fascial sheets, which are called aponeuroses, they operate in a different time frame to the myofascia. Bone, which we could consider as a type of fascia with a very high calcium level, it's full of something called hydroxyapatite, which is actually a time-based response to 
pressure and forces put through the tissue. So let me just explain what I mean by tissue becoming. After the embryo self-assembles the basic structures, the fetus then grows into the neonate, the newborn, the baby. And as the baby grows, different forces are put through the tissue. And those tissues have patterns innate to the baby, to the body, to the species. And then those patterns are animated by movement and pressures. So for example, the pelvis is a ring of bones that doesn't really exist as such. In the embryo, it's a ring of cartilage as the newborn is, is as the newborn comes into being. And when we're born, the pelvis is soft. And it's not until forces are put through it that the pelvic ring densifies and becomes bony. And in fact, it doesn't fully form as the adult type of pelvis until we're between five and six years old. And then we have what's called a full pelvis. So that cartilaginous ring becomes the pelvic bony ring over time. So bone becomes bone from what is laid down embryonically as cartilage. So all aspects of the body move at different rates, grow at different rates and stabilise and adapt at different rates. So the timing of those growth rates is crucial to our understanding of who we're training, what age they are, how they develop. But the point I wanted to really make to you today is that these, what this means is that whether you're doing yoga or personal training, those different fibres don't all respond at the same time in the same way. And they don't accumulate change at the same rate. So what does that mean? Well, think about it. If you are learning movements, you're a dancer and you're learning a choreography, we all learn at different speeds. We know that. That's kind of demonstrable. But actually, our tissues learn at different speeds. And remember that the fascia is ubiquitous, meaning that it's everywhere in the body. So when, for example, we go to the gym and we train the muscles and, you know, we do bicep curls and tricep exercises and whatever we're doing, ab crunches, which I wince at. But anyway, that's another discussion. And anything that we're learning in terms of a muscular effort, where we talk about isolating muscles, which is actually not possible, but that's a secret. We'll talk about in another episode. Um, the muscle ability to respond and adapt is much quicker in terms of achieving a change. So you would see that if you started going to the gym regularly, for example, say two or three times a week, within about six weeks, you'll see, well, you'll see rapid change before that. But over about six to eight weeks, it will stop changing so rapidly and do something we call plateauing. So it remains the same. But here's the thing. You have to keep doing it to retain that level of change in the adaptation of the musculature. And you may well have experienced that 
in terms of perhaps if you are somebody that trains, that you've been ill for a period of time. And over that time, say perhaps you haven't trained for two, three, four weeks, maybe more, you will find that your muscle definition has gone down and changed almost as quickly as you built it. So if you draw a graph, it sort of steeply rises over six weeks, plateaus, but you have to maintain it. And then when you stop doing it, it drops just as quickly. Now, the fascial matrix is distinct from the myofascial behavior. So muscle fiber, which is fascia, is different from the fascia that we would call bone, which obviously changes very, very slowly, very, very slowly. We want that. We don't want the bones to change too rapidly, of course. And in between that, generally speaking, the whole fascial body responds to much smaller incremental changes over a much longer period of time, thought to be 18 to 24 months. And so what that means is, for example, if you start doing yoga and you just slowly and gently work with your tissue to change over time, you build in a pattern that very, very slowly changes, but is much more sustainable after that long period. So in other words, after you've done three months of yoga, for example, or Pilates or any sport really at, at a particularly those that require a slow adaptation process like learning to dance you change the myofascia and the fascial matrix at different rates of sustainability so once you've been going to your yoga regularly and you don't have to do it so often it's like a slow drip feed robert schleip talks about considering it as the bamboo gardener you you plant your bamboo and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you feel as if nothing's happening. But then slowly the bamboo starts to grow and when it gets going, it builds momentum and it slowly goes on growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And that's how it is with the fascia. So it's one of the reasons why it's possible to encourage a low-key, what I call baseline of gentle exercise, such as yoga, such as walking your dog, not something that's competitive, not something that you're fighting to achieve rapid change in a short amount of time, but rather something that you can drip feed slowly, maybe a couple of times a week, maybe 15, 20 minutes a day. But if you consistently do that over time, and we're not talking weeks, we're not even talking months, we're talking 18 to 24 months, you start to actually change the structure. And it stays that way because just as it took a long time to develop, it takes a long time to lose. So what happens when you have a low-key practice like that is that your performance becomes steady at the baseline and stays that way. And even if you're not well and you can't do it every day for a period of time, you won't have lost very much because it can sustain the, what we call the new morphology, the shape change that you've achieved. And generally speaking, 
when I meet people who, who've taken up yoga, they say it in a very different voice to going to other kinds of th- exercise that they do occasionally or when they can. And one of the reasons I share this with you is because in lockdown, we can think, oh, I'll do it next week. I won't do it. But the truth is, if you spend 10 to 15 minutes a day, a little sequence that you can do that really honours your form, then you, by keeping it up in small sound bites regularly, every, let's say, two, three days, you will be absolutely amazed. You almost don't notice that you're doing it and you don't notice it accumulating. But what starts to evolve from from my experience working a lot, particularly with older people over many years of teaching, is that regular attendance at a weekly or bi-weekly class or regular time on your mat every two days or so builds up this structural integrity at the very, very low end of the scale in the sense that the actual deep structures start to appreciate this mobility. Now, I'm not saying one is better than the other. What I'm saying is because we can recognise that fascia moves at different rates, so the muscle curve, if you like, the fascia curve, the training curve of these different fabrics of our form, these different expressions of the fascia, have different effects over different times. So imagine the three tissues to recap, bone, muscle and fascia. What we could say is fascia with hydroxyapatite or calcium in it is bone and fascia with muscle protein in it is myofascia or muscle. And then we have what we call the superficial fascia and the deep fascia that wraps them all. So the tissue around all of them is basically the fascia and it really appreciates low level, low key, drip feed, short time movement and sequences that are kind of thoughtful and centered and promote sensory awareness at a very low key level. And if that's a drip feed behind your in the gym training or your running or your um, sport, if that's in addition to, it's very different to track and field or football training or tennis training or swim training. It's a different quality of training and a completely different time frame. And what can happen if you honour this nuance between complete rest and peak performance is that over time you build this steady structure into the system because the temporality of the fascia is quite distinct depending on how it's expressed in the body. Now, movement as we know can often be a support to prevent pain. But what tends to happen with this low-key, low-level, fascia-oriented training in the background of what you do as a baseline is that you improve the resilience and the recoil, which is the natural elasticity of your tissue. And what I've seen and witnessed as a teacher in many, many people, 
particularly people over 50 who can get nervous about their balance or find that they perhaps their eyesight's failing a little bit and they can slip more easily. I've had repeated experiences of clients and people working with me that they've maybe slipped or gone to fall and found themselves bouncing back, writing themselves really quickly and easily. And when we recognise that the fascia is the basis of our proprioceptive sense, what this does is it slowly drip feeds an an inner ability to balance ourselves and to recover. That is in itself a pain preventer because it means that you can respond more rapidly to self-adjust more quickly, more appropriately to the form. And your recoil mechanism brings you back into balance more readily. That then makes you less susceptible to, to difficulty and to injury. As a result, also, you will find that your performance generally is improved. Simply getting up out of a chair or climbing in and out of a car or lifting something down from somewhere becomes easier because of this drip feed over time. So once we understand that this very low key, what I call low frequency exercise, over time is different and distinct from the fast and furious in the gym, and you don't need both, but it is fabulous if you can incorporate them. You get this complete rest, the in-between of a nuance, 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes every three days, training and then your peak performance work that gives you the whole spectrum if you like or a fuller spectrum for the body to be able to adapt well from full rest to full activity so your performance spectrum becomes more detailed so that's an overview of one of the reasons the timing and temporality of fascia is so crucial to understanding it and there's lots more to the individual aspects of different parts of the body but overall I think it's such a fascinating aspect of how we move ourselves through time and we can help prevent pain, remove it wherever possible and improve performance. So just to finish up I'm going to read you the poem again by Piet Hein. T, T, T. Put up in a place where it's easy to see the cryptic admonishment, T, T, T. When you feel how depressingly slowly you climb, it's well to remember that things take time. Take care, stay safe, and I look forward to sharing some time with you in the next episode.